All right, tomorrow we got tickets. Every Wednesday we got tickets. It's a win ticket Wednesday. This week you got your chance to win tickets to the Black Crows. The Black Crows, Chris and Rich Robinson, reuniting for a 30-year anniversary celebration of their landmark quintuple platinum and debut album, Shake Your Moneymaker, for a 2020 world tour. You see them play the entire album, plus all the hits, when they come to USANA Amphitheater, Tuesday, September 1st. Tickets are on sale now. Purchase your tickets at LiveNation.com. Got a lot of people still tweeting at us, PK. We were talking earlier in the show, where should the Utes be ranked? Bevy of Swans says they should not be ranked. They're big game choke artists. No, they should be ranked based there on aren't the 20, ranking. There right. are 25 teams that won big games. Correct. And of the, there's a division there, the top 10 or 11, they beat ranked teams. And then you start getting below that, and there's a bunch of teams that didn't beat anybody. So once you once you get past Notre Dame at 12, then you're struggling to find teams that beat ranked teams. Baylor at 11 and three didn't. Now Auburn did beat Alabama, and then but you say without their quarterback. But nevertheless, they did. Iowa has a wins a win over ranked team. They beat Minnesota, didn't they? And did they beat Michigan? So that's a they did. No, they lost to Iowa. Lost to Michigan. Okay. Well, they beat Minnesota. That's towards the end of the season. They did. And that's a, that's a nice win because Minnesota was 11-2. and two. So Iowa's sitting there at 15, and they're 10-3. and three. But then once you get past that. Did I, just, I, I think I just got that backwards. Iowa went 1-3 and three against ranked teams. They lost to Michigan 10-3. Maybe, yeah, you said that. I did, okay. Yeah, and it beat Minnesota. Well, that, that was Minnesota's their, their ranked win, yeah. yes. And that was a big win because that was toward the end of the season. And... Uh, that was a fortunate for them. I think uh, Minnesota was just coming off that uh, big Penn State win. So maybe they had extended themselves. Nevertheless, uh, Iowa was a good team at 10-3. and three. But then when you get past 16, you're not getting anybody that beat anybody. So when you talk ranked teams, you're talking teams that were ranked at the time or final teams that ranking, are ranked final now? Ranking, final, final ranking. Final ranking. Because t- teams ranked at the time. I know. It can get all over the map. So what? Because they, I asked that because they threw a thing out on the broadcast light last night that uh, LSU beat seven top ten teams. I'm like, seven. <laughs> I was thinking, and obviously with the playoff, they get two ranked teams in the playoff. They got one in the SEC title games. That's three. I'm thinking, how tough was their schedule? And they had Alabama and Auburn. You know, in, so that was five. And then I'd forgotten they had Florida with a crossover game. So that's six. And Florida's yeah, yeah. A, a top 10 team. They end up sixth in the final poll. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then the seventh one was Texas, who ends up at ranked time, at 25. Early. At the time, they were a top 10 team, but they're not yeah. now. So whenever people start throwing that out, you got to know. Well, I think you throw it out if you're trying to make a point of how good you are. Now, LSU doesn't need to doesn't apologize. Need, or doesn't need Texas to justify, yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, they, they, they belong where they are. No one argues this. That was awesome, the way they were on their heels, down 17-7 in that game. They just figured it out. Here's how they're blitzing. And they fixed. They couldn't run or throw early in the game. And by the middle of the second quarter, they were both running and throwing, and they ended up with 600 yards. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That is awesome. That little bowling ball, liar. He is 22. tough to bring down. Edwards it, Hilaire. I'm hoping that he's near the sideline so I can push him. Yeah. Get anywhere near that dude. The next coming of Frank Gore. <laughs> he is just—he's a—he's a freaking tank, man. And he—he he goes beyond bowling ball. Yeah, I mean, he—he 
And he's looking for contact too. He's he's like a like a Doberman pincher or something. When, he's looking to attack you. When they were in trouble <laughs> early in the game, they gave him the ball on second and three, and he got hit at the line of scrimmage by two guys. And his shoulders weren't like pointed downfield where he could you know take a step or two and then fall forward. He was kind of at a diagonal, and he still got the first down. Yeah, he's a tough kid. Absolutely, I think the Utes are ranked right where they should be relative to the teams that are ranked around them. Well, Auburn and Iowa in front of them have a... I guess Auburn's the one that caught my eye because the Utes at 11-3, Auburn at 9-4. and four. But then you see who Auburn's of losses course. were to. Yes. And you think, well, the Utes have beaten any of those teams. And then they've got the win over Oregon, the Pac-12 champ who blew Utah out. And you dismiss yeah. comparative scores, but I can't help but notice that the teams that have the advantage in comparative scores on Utah are right in front of them at 14 and 15. I, can't, I don't know that the voters go through and look at all that stuff. Maybe they just guessed and got it right. Maybe they do do their homework that far down. Well, if you're assigned to do those polls, you should. You should, but I can see people at some point just slapping names down and, and sending them in. Some, give, that's why give it to your younger kid. That's why he's out there. That's why I did it when I was younger. And then I realized this is too much work. I don't need it anymore. And then you pass it along. I did the AP poll in football and basketball, did all that stuff. And then you get all excited because it's you know, you're linked. You to the used big to time. read them, yeah. You well, used to read them as a kid, and now yeah. you're doing it. Yeah, and that's. Uh, and then after a while, like, well, I've done that. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> that was good. Right, <laughs> it's like someone else have the joy. Right, yeah. Pass it along. You do it for a few. The only one I've kept is the Wooden Award. That's it, and that's less work than a weekly poll. Precisely, and that's just. The respect for the man that is John Wooden, and so uh, I, I do that. And the, the great Paul James was the one who uh, nominated me to get that one, and so I've I've kept that one all these years. And you're right, they they send you a thing and you and you put in your top ten. But I try I try to pay close attention. I just don't look at it and just. Well, that's send different. It you got a whole season to watch and watch different guys and read about them. And yeah, but I, I take that seriously. But I'm not literally voting every week. But yeah, I would think that the guys take it seriously because I, I think they do take it seriously, or guys, I use that uh, general neutral. And the place where they put Utah is right where they should be. I, I think it's funny. I got a lot They're, of stuff during the season. And I think Utah, they could they could really, uh, come on, guys. And they're Utah fans that I was talking to, so I didn't want to say, what the hell are you thinking? <laughs> I got no chance against these teams. But I guess I don't want to. I guess which teams? Which well, teams? T- LSU. Oh. I was surprised that Oklahoma got penalized so badly for losing to LSU in the semifinal. I mean, LSU had three weeks to get f- focused on him. Okay, Oklahoma had. Drill into. Yeah, and LSU's better. Well, that's I, wouldn't what LSU have do. done that to anybody in the yeah. semifinal? So why penalize them? We're going to move Georgia, or Oregon, that, and Florida. Is that a penalty? Yes. What 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 price are they? What's the consequence of this? In order to have you're, a penalty, well, you're, either paying a fine or you're going to jail or you're losing a draft pick. What penalty is Oklahoma you're receiving? Seventh instead of fourth. Apparently, I'm not enunciating. What penalty <laughs> is Oklahoma paying? They moved him back. There's nothing that they're paying. Well, you can pick a different word than penalty, then. But they dinged him. Four, three spots. Sanction. Nah, not sanction. Ding, 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 ding them is good. I like ding them. Okay. Yeah. Okay, because they got their, they got smoked. 
But I mean, where, where are you going to put him? Are you going to put Oklahoma? Who's oh, you possibly ahead of Florida? Yeah. That's it. So you move him sixth to seventh? In front of Oregon? Would Oregon have put up a better game than that? I could argue they could, yes. Georgia got beat 37 to 10. Now that was with one week of preparation, not three. I, would, I could argue that Oregon could have, but it's just an argument. Yeah. Yeah. Oregon laid one egg out of 14 games. That's a- not bad. ASU. That's it. Should have finished off off. They got beat. <laughs> they did. But they didn't beat. really lay an egg against Oregon or Auburn, you know what no, I mean? No, no, it was close right down the end. Right. Yeah. So they got beat one game, one time. All right. It happens. So that that and and it, and it happens in a conference game where conference opponents, conference games are just tougher. You're, you have a greater familiarity. You recruited a lot of the same kids, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And that season at the time, the Devils literally were 5-5 five and five and dropped four in a row. It makes no sense. You just dropped four in a row, and then the team that you play this is the toughest, and you somehow beat them. Completely and totally unexplainable. Didn't, didn't make any sense whatsoever. So I don't have any problem with Oklahoma being where they were. I mean, I, I they had their shot. I just think that the thing that and watching these games, Utes have a really good program, but it's a long ways away from the top. As is pretty much everybody in the Pac-12. Well, Oregon at five, Utah at sixteen, and then you see Washington and USC, who are second in their divisions, right? Well, I don't know. Washington that ended the, ended up being crazy in the North, but those two teams are Washington, USC, ASU, and Cal, or among others, receiving. And those teams seem a long ways away. I was thinking about this. Uh, the 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 guy downstairs, the security guy, the other day talking, when we come in, talking said, recruiting. Man, you guys got a great recruiting. Line. I said, "All right, well, I got to go check it out then." So I go check it, and you know, when Ray Anderson, the AD, hired Herm, we want to compete. Blah 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 blah. Yeah, okay, great. Everybody does. I mean, you know, that's just talk. And so this great recruiting class, which for them, it's pretty doggone good. I think it's ranked in the low twenties. All right, that's 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 a step up. You're signing these four-star kids from California, and part of the reason Todd Graham got run, I think his last recruiting class, you know any players he signed from California? How many? Zero. Oh! <laughs> Forget about four what stars. What about their stars? Uh, there were no stars because there were no players. <laughs> and you're not going to survive there because right. you're not getting the local kids. So you gotta you gotta fool somebody into thinking that the heat isn't really that bad. So get the California kids. <laughs> never, never discuss it. Don't let anybody right. make trips in July and August. The local kids know how freaking hot it is, and that's how they get out, right? And so everybody else, just make sure you bring them in November and January. Yeah, yeah, but it's awesome, right? Come yeah. on down here, yeah. you know, January. Yeah. Oh yeah, 15th. Bring, yeah, anywhere from November on to to April, May, you're good to go. Uh, it's not too outrageous. Uh, so bring them in then. But I'm looking at their thing, and so they're like recruiting uh, ranked 22nd, 23rd, which is great, but it's nowhere near to get you into these types of games. Well, I would say looking at the rankings, you know, this is one, two, three, four, but I think there's a huge break between three and four. 
you know, on who these teams, what you have to do to catch up to these teams. Well, that's my point with <laughs> LSU would have blown out anybody in a semi. How, I mean, they'd already played Georgia. That was 37 to 10. Yeah, but I don't think there's a huge gap maybe this year, but not year to year. Right. But Oregon, be Florida, with, Oklahoma, Alabama. No. Will, will it be with some other team going forward? And, Ooh, and part of mean? the gap, well, whoever's number one, I don't, LSU's got to replace. Yeah, okay, excellent this quarterback year, play. This year. Right. But will someone else get excellent quarterback play next year? Not yeah, LSU. Yeah, Clemson. Right. right. And, and Ohio State. Yeah. And Oklahoma if they get a transfer. And uh, maybe yeah. Bama. Y- although Alabama doesn't need it necessarily to Historically dominate. doesn't yeah. need it. They tend to win at a very, very high level. They have you the number one quarterback in the recruiting class. All this year. these just beasts that they have running around. Our teams on this side of the country can't compete with that. No, and the worst part is now they're coming in and occasionally plucking a kid out of the western U.S., mostly California, but wherever. And so like that one... Where'd that one kid go from uh, uh, here? LSU. Siaki Ika? Yeah. He's down at LSU right now. I know. Where is he from? Oh, he's from East High. Oh, that's because my wife said, they got a kid from here? I bet he went to Bingham. I said, no, Bingham has slipped. It's probably East. They've actually got two. They have a junior college transfer also from East. I said, all the Paulies now migrated to East. I said, now with Peck back at Bingham, maybe they'll start going back down there. Maybe so. (laughs) We'll see how how the recruiting trends uh, go that way. So do you think the gap's that big with Oregon and everybody else in the North? I mean, they played two and four-point games with Washington and Washington State. Now Washington State's had a coaching But those are conference games. I expect them to be closer. But they were four games clear of all those teams in the standings. Nobody in the North got to five and four. Yes. Two, three, and sixes, and three teams at four and five. I think Oregon has reestablished itself as the beast A in the division, B in the conference. Yes. And there's just that much separation. And I'm hoping some million, trillion, billion dollar deal in the SEC gets Christopher out of there. That's the only way, is to have constant or consistent coaching changes. Once you have a staff together, we're going to see... So they have to regress to everyone else. Everyone else can't catch up to them? To that level? And we don't really care about everyone. No. We don't care about everyone else. We care a little about USC and a little about Arizona State because of you. But mostly I'm asking, can Utah catch up to them because that's what we care about? I would say no. I guess at BYU Maybe, they maybe would, in a given year, yes. Well, that's all I expect. I don't. But everything has they, to come together that year. Right. But until Utah does it in a given year, well, I'm not did, worried I mean, about they whether they're going to do it three, four, five years in a row. Right. But right, they, but they beat them, them twice here but, in recent times. But get them when they're at their peak. I get that they can get them in their off year. They've beaten everybody in the well, league. You have to have in their off years your big year. And then you get in and then see if you can develop some of that. All right, DJ PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Coming up next, Ben Anderson. Here I'm on Jazz radio broadcast pre half and post game. He's going to join us next as the Jazz try to stretch that win streak in Brooklyn tonight to face Kyrie Irving in the Nets. Stay with us. And now, attention, top of the wire on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Donovan Mitchell listed as probable for tonight's game um, in Brooklyn, and he has uh, Mike Conley is also on the list, listed as out with a hamstring injury. 
Jazz and the Nets at 5.30. Pre-game show at 4.30 here on the Zone Sports Network. Oklahoma City wins for the eighth time in the last 10 games. They beat Minnesota 117-104. Lakers take care of the Cavaliers 128-99. Lakers improved to 33-7 on the year. Tonight, the Cavs are playing the Clippers. The Rockets are playing the Grizzlies. And the Dallas Mavericks facing the Golden State Warriors. Top of the Wire brought to you by Homie. Buying or selling a home? Homie will give you $5,000 back to help you with closing costs and fees. Remember, it's simple to get started with Homie. See more at Homie.com. This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. Mike Huguenin from The Athletic. With these four teams, they look like they got it right. But with that said, do you anticipate eight coming down the uh, pipeline anytime soon? You know, Bill Hancock, who's like the public spokesman for the playoff folks, one of the nicest men in sports. Just a super classy guy. He's also the guy, though, that said, nope, oh, don't need a playoff. The BCS is fine. And now, of course, all of the playoffs are awesome. We've always needed this. And he's also the guy saying, nope, we're going to stay at four. They're not staying at four. There's too much money in so it's going to go to eight sooner rather than later. And yes, there might be the occasional six beating three, all that kind of stuff. But um, I think four teams is fine, but it's not going to stay at four. Catch Hans and Scotty every day from noon to three. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Visit the Ford Fan Zone on Level 6 where there are free Papa Shot games, cornhole, and foosball tables. Enjoy the jazz with incredible city and mountain views while relaxing, enjoying good food and drink, and taking in the game and socializing with friends. The Ford Fan Zone. Jazz and the Brooklyn Nets. Second game on this three-game road trip. Can the Jazz extend the win streak? You think this is going to be a tough one? I do. Brooklyn's a couple games under 500, but they're missing Kyrie Irving for a big stretch of the season. November 11th to what, January 12th, so two, well, it's two months. Season. Yeah, he's barely played, and they've been pretty good at home. They're 11 and eight. Yeah, they're fine. And now they got him. And you got Dinwiddie, the Colorado kid, who can go off. Yeah, I, I, I this is not a cakewalk whatsoever. This is a freaking NBA, man. They got players. They can get hot. Dinwiddie can go for 30. Just like that. Same thing with Irving. So, yeah, you get this win. This is a nice win. Brooklyn is not. You just don't roll it up as a guaranteed W. All right, time to bring in Ben Anderson. You hear him on the Jazz Radio broadcast doing pre-half and post-game right here on the Jazz Radio Network. And he's joining us on the Sprint Special Guest Line. Lease any phone and get an iPad or Samsung Tab A for $99.99. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. Ben, good morning. Good morning, guys. All right, Ben. Is this where the dream dies? The streak can't go on forever. There's got to be a loss somewhere. Is it today or is it another time? I think it's probably another time. This, this Brooklyn team is good. They're not great. And even though they got Kyrie Irving back on Sunday, they still have some flaws. And I don't know if they necessarily match up particularly well with how well the Jazz are playing. So I'm listening to you and Jake uh, doing your Sunday show after the game. I want you to know people are listening. I was one of them. Well, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, And one of the things that I want to write about, and I I want you to just do my my homework for me so I don't have to do it and take the easy way out because that's what I do now. Uh, You were talking about scoring 
and how the Jazz just didn't have enough scoring in the past, and you're speaking about uh, Bogdanovich and his 30-point games. Could you explain that to this audience as far as you know what they had, particularly last year, beyond Mitchell, and what they have this year beyond Mitchell, and how much better it is? Yeah, I know Quinn Snyder hates that we, we like to count things in tens. He just thinks it's kind of a superfluous number, where whether you have a 20-point-per-game score or 30-point-per-game score, it, it is a little bit arbitrary. I understand that. But you look at the Jazz last year, and they had three players who scored 30 points. Donovan Mitchell did it something like 17 times. Jay Crowder did it one time. Grayson Allen did it one time. And Grayson Allen did it in Game 40. Uh, and it took overtime to get there, and the starters didn't play. And now you've got a guy in Boyan Bogdanovich who's done it, I believe, eight times now, and the Jazz are 7-1 and one in that stretch. So it's just nice when you're a basketball team, when your best player can have an off night or truly an off night and not even play in Donovan Mitchell, and you've got a guy in Boyan Bogdanovich who's a proven scorer who can step in and give you that. And then now for the fourth time this season, and it's only happened four times I want to say all four have happened since Christmas. I know, in fact, all of them have, because the first one was Jordan Clarkson. You've got a player coming off the bench who's given you 20. Now, Jordan Clarkson's done it three times for the Jazz, and Emmanuel Moutier's done it one time since then. And that's, that's just how much better you're playing. And, and truthfully, in the, in the modern NBA, as much as defense should travel and defense should be able to be there every game, some nights you're off. I mean, if you watch the Wizards game, I, I don't know if he was sick, but Royce O'Neal's defense was not what it had been. And obviously there is that cold that's going around the team. And I don't know if that's why he was sluggish. I don't know if it was just a bad matchup with Bradley Beal. But the Jazz were giving up points. And they needed to score. And they needed to score 127 points to win that game. And here's a remarkable stat now. I want to, I, I think the Jazz have scored 128 points three times this year. They've scored 127 points one time this year. And they've won all those games. But I think the Jazz are also winning games when they're giving up the most points on the defensive side of the ball where they gave up 126 to the Pelicans and they still won that game. That's just not a game they would win in the past. And sometimes you just have to be able to fight fire with fire. That's 100% a game they would not have won in the past. And I don't know what's more impressive with Bogdanovich, uh, the raw you know, total number of points he's scoring, or more to the point that I think Quinn would sign off on is kind of the attitude like, when you know the team needs points. Now, in this case, you know because Donovan Mitchell literally isn't playing. But in another game, maybe where things aren't going well and you know you need buckets, it seems like Bogdanovich just has the, he has the skill first, the size and the skill, but saying it the attitude like, I better go get some buckets. We really need them right now. The first half, I thought, you know, in a variety of ways too, score from the free throw line, drive and score inside, hit the catch and shoot threes. He's got multiple ways to go, and if he gets trapped behind the basket, he'll fake the the behind-the-back wraparound pass and throw it the other way and get somebody an open three. There's so many options. Yeah, he's he's truly a great offensive player. And it is a little bit bizarre, I guess, and maybe it's just because uh, Donovan's been so good and because Rudy's so good that he's not getting any all-star love. And it's a, a forward who averages 20 points a game and shoots 40% from the three-point line. I mean, th- those guys are all-stars. And, and Bogdanovich is getting absolutely no love for that. So, I, I mean, that, that does speak to the level of how good the other players on this team are and also how overlooked he is and the fact that I don't think he really cares about those types of accolades. He, he doesn't seem like he's that type of guy. But, yeah, I mean, he's just been uh, an unbelievable addition. And I think to your point... 
I want to say it was on the road at Memphis. I know the Jazz lost one of those games, but they, they had another one, and it must have been in the middle of that five-game road trip where they lost uh, the two on each side. The, the Jazz were, what, down 15 or down 10 to, to Memphis in that game, and Boyan came out in the third quarter and just said, like, if no one's going to score, I'll just score. I'll just take this game over, and he did that. And, and having an ability to do that, especially from a guy who is such a mismatch because he shoots as well as he does, and he's as big as he is, it's just, again, it's an, it's an advantage truly the Jazz probably haven't had since Carl Malone was on the team as far as a mismatch scorer like that. So I think it comes down to how much is this built on a solid foundation, how much of this, speaking of the win streak, obviously, in the 14 out of 15, whatever it is, how much of this is built on the fact that they're beating sub-500 teams. My line of thinking is this is the NBA, and we, we take Brooklyn as an example. Okay, They're not a great team, but on any given night, they're, they're certainly not a bad team. This is not like college when you get some teams that the talent level is just so drastically different, like Gonzaga, say, in the West Coast Conference, and we see what they do the other night. They're up 40 at halftime against uh, San Diego, I think it was. And in the NBA, it normally isn't like that, particularly on a given night, recognizing that the Jazz were down by 40 against Toronto. So how real is this winning streak and this great run they've been on? It, it, they wouldn't have won 14 to 15 if all of these games were against the Rockets and the Mavericks and the Nuggets and, and the Lakers. So, I, I mean, I think it's fair to say that, and I don't think anyone would disagree with me. And, and also on the streak, and, and it ends tonight because you do get Kyrie Irving back, and then it sounds like Thursday night you're going to see Zion Williamson. But on the streak, they've, they've missed Drew Holiday. They've missed Zion Williamson. They, they missed Blake Griffin. They've missed Zach Collins. They, they've missed a lot of really good players. Who, who have been out for their teams. And, and certainly that, that plays into it. But, yeah, I mean, they all have 12 NBA players. I was listening to Joe Ingles on your show last week, and he's right. You know, every team is littered with NBA players. That's why they're in the league, and, and, and everyone can play. And the fact that the Jazz have avoided bad fluctuations, where I mean, even against the Wizards, if we're talking about the Jazz identity right now, it's defense and a three-point shooting. And against the Wizards, they were 10 of 30 from the three-point line, so 33%, so far below average. Uh, and then their defense was bad, really bad in the first half, and they still won that game on the road. That, that's really hard to do, and, and that authenticates how well they're playing and, and proves how well they're playing that they're finding ways to win games, even when they're missing players like Donovan Mitchell. They just they are very clearly clicking. They very clearly have momentum, and, and maybe most importantly, they just they have a belief that they can win every game when they step on the floor. And and I, I really believe that was not the case early in the season. So we've established that they're going to win the vast majority, if not all, of the games against teams that are 500 and below. But in the next month. And we, and we are about a month away here from the All-Star break. And in the next month, they've got to play Indiana and Miami, who are pretty good from the East. And they've got to play Denver, Dallas, and Houston, home and home. So they have eight games against quality teams coming up here in the next month. I'm just curious, okay, you can beat everybody below 500, but do you win 30% of the games against teams that are pretty good playoff teams? Do you win 50? Do you win 70? I don't really have a good feel for that. Do you? Yeah, yeah, so the Jazz right now are winning something absurd, like 88% of their games against teams below 500. Now, what's funny is in the NBA this year, there's 17 teams below 500. So that, that's going to give you a winning record if you do that alone. So, so they're in good shape there. Uh, and, and then the Jazz are actually, uh, and not actually, obviously, everyone, they, they've always been this way. They're great at home. Uh, what do they have, three losses at home this season? Second, I mean, they're, they're yeah, playing very best. well. Second so, best record in the league at home. 
Okay, so when, when they're doing that, they're beating good teams there as well. And if you're beating good teams at home and then beating up on the bad teams, you're going to have a good record. And then the Jazz now are, what, 12-9 and nine on the road? So they've actually got a plus 500 uh, record away from home, which is an enormous plus. So I, I honestly think the Jazz should expect to beat 50% of the really good teams in the NBA. Uh, they should be splitting series with the best of the best. And they've done that with Milwaukee. They did that with Philadelphia. They need to prove they can do it with Boston and Denver and the Lakers and the Clippers. And they beat they beat the Clippers twice. So they split the, the series with the Clippers already as well. So I think that's reasonable. I, I think if you're winning 50% of those games, that's your goal. And if you're winning at home, I mean, that's why you want to have home court advantage. You're going to a seven-game series. You're not going to win them all 4-0. to zero. You're probably going to have to win 4-2 to two or 4-3. to three. And that's the advantage of being able to split games and then being able to win the extra game when you're at home. And I think that's that's the formula to getting to at least the Western Conference Finals. Are the Lakers uncatchable at this point in the West? Probably during the regular season, yes. Yeah. Unless the Jazz continue to win at a 90% win rate, and maybe they catch them. But I think currently they're uncatchable. And it's only, what, four games right now? But... It, it, I don't see, unless there's an injury, and obviously that dictates everything in the NBA, uh, unless there's a major injury, I don't think the Jazz are going to be able to catch them because they should be able to beat up on bad teams too. In fact, the Lakers, I think, are undefeated. I think they're 20-0 and or 21-0 and against teams below 500. So that's the good thing. They are just not blowing bad games. And I know they were down at the half to the, the Cavaliers last night, and then they beat them by 30. So they, they really are steamrolling some teams. I think the Jazz are getting two players to the All-Star game. How many do you think they're getting? I know Donovan Mitchell's going to go. I just don't see how you leave a 24-point-per-game score out as as much of a highlight as he is. And, and, and just looking at the guards in the West right now and the fact that the Jazz are going to be a top three or four seed most likely by the time the voting ends, the coaches have to put him in. It will be interesting to see the momentum that New Orleans has coming up over this break. And then whether or not Carl Anthony Towns comes back. And maybe this Carl Anthony Towns injury, and apparently his return is imminent, but he's missed several games. He's only played something like 22 games this year. If he comes back, I mean, he's the number four or five leading scorer in the NBA. It's really hard for coaches to leave that guy out. The Timberwolves are awful, and the Pelicans are awful. But Brandon Ingram is also scoring 28 points a game, 27 points a game. So if one of if both of those guys make it in, and they get in because they're such good scorers, Rudy Gobert doesn't make it. What? But if no, man, take that back now. If one of those guys doesn't make it, then I think Rudy Gobert has to be in. But he should have been in last year. I mean, it wasn't even close that he should have been over Lamarcus Aldridge last year, and he still didn't make it. So I think that's his pathway. It's going to be those three guys fighting for two spots. If Gobert doesn't make it, I ain't getting a haircut until he makes it. Well, it's going to be a while. <laughs> it's at least a year. PK with a ponytail. Uh, used to be, well, when I was a kid, I was I'd get my hair cut once a year. No big deal. Throwback oh Thursday. He, ben, there's a photo you've <laughs> got to see. Yak, back me up on this. Does Ben have to see that photo? Ben, I'll text it to you. I'll be in the studio tonight. Yeah, just leave it leave it leave it out. Okay, no, you can't text it to him. I need to see Ben's face when he sees that okay, photo. Sounds good. Okay, it's just a sign of the times. Yeah, no, but it's classic, and I do think that regardless. Irregardless, you should do that again, whether Gobert makes the All-Star game or not. Gobert has got to make the All-Star game. If he doesn't make the team, I mean the team, not the game, but if he doesn't make the team this year, it's an absolute joke. It's the biggest I'll ball. Forget Gobert. I'll weep if he doesn't make it. 
Dikembe Mutombo was a no-doubt Hall of Famer, and that's who Rudy Gobert is. And he's made three all-NBA defensive first teams. He's made two all-NBA teams. And unfortunately, we just don't look at those very often when we're, we're talking about Hall of Fame voting. You, you know, And he still needs his work to do. He's not a Hall of Famer if he retires today. But he's got two Defensive Player of the Year awards. He probably needs to make four All-Star games or three All-Star games, get two more, three more All-NBA teams and three more All-Defensive teams. And if he does that, he's probably got a Hall of Fame career. But if you don't make these All-Star games, that, that's what people look at. And it's why Joe Johnson has a, a legit case to make the NBA all, uh, Hall of Fame because he, he's made it six times into the All-Star game. It just matters. It's how we go back and talk about players and who made an All-Star game this year and who didn't. And that means that, you know, John Stockton wasn't as good a player as, as Kevin Johnson, as some people want to argue, or Isaiah Thomas was better than than X player. Uh, you have to make the All-Star game for your legacy, and Rudy Gobert has a legacy that's worth remembering, I think, for the NBA. But Matumbo, an eight-time All-Star. So. Matumbo was great, and Rudy Gobert is really great. I, just, I, I, hope, I, I, mean, I, I don't think there's any question Jazz fans recognize it. I do think Rudy has so much nuance to his game that they just look like missed layups if you've never watched him before, but then you realize every team misses layups that they don't miss against other teams, against the Jazz, that you probably have to watch him more than four times a year or two times a year when your team plays him to understand truly how great he is. Ben, we appreciate a few minutes. We'll hear on a Jazz pre-half and post-game. Sorry, what was that? I said we appreciate your time, and we will hear you on the Jazz pre-half and post-game. Guys, I can't wait to uh, talk to you again. All right, and show you that photo. All right, there he is. You did ben, kind of slur that. Ben Anderson. I wasn't wondering what was going on there. I didn't know if you were on some medication or what. <laughs> Me and my natural state wins breakfast. Yeah, if Gobert doesn't make the All-Star team this year, I am just going to be furious. This guy should be so guaranteed. He should have a lock on it today. They should just announce. We'll announce the other reserves later, but we're announcing Gobert right now. <laughs> DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Tim Brando, Fox Sports. To put a wrap on the college football season, he's coming up in about 15 minutes. Stay with us. Take The Zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of The Zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Cheating cheaters, PK. What a news dump by Major League Baseball. Uh, we got some bad news to release. Let's make sure we do it during the college football title game. Yeah, it's baseball. It's a dying sport. <laughs> this is your chance now, man. Soccer. I mean, it's clean. It's healthy. It's done the right way. There's tons of cheating in soccer. Take advantage yourself. of it. I expect the World Series to be second fiddle to the MLS, uh, whatever the hell they call it. <laughs> the MLS, whatever the, the MLS, they call whatever it. they call it. Which, by the way, is a great title for an event. <laughs> Feel free to use it. No one's taken it yet officially. I mean, PK blurted it out, but until you're actually on record, you know, and you got that thing trademarked. Who hasn't cheated? 
Come on. In case you missed it, the Houston Astros were fined because they had uh, video monitors feeding uh, video displays in the dugout hallway to monitors in there to steal signs. And not only were they fined, but they lost first and second round draft picks in consecutive years, and the manager and the coach were suspended. Now, Officially, they were suspended for a year, but the truth is they were the manager and the GM were only suspended for an hour because after an hour, the owner fired him. <laughs> and good night now. Right. I mean, that was drastic, harsh. Who hasn't cheated? Guys, come on. Let us hear. Give me the stories when you cheated on your wife. <laughs> you held really? the Houston Astros <laughs> Really? <laughs> You held the Houston Come on, there's you fans out there listening. Move along. Move along, Yawk. You held up the Astros as an example to my Padres. You can build from nothing to something, but really looking back. Well, when back, you get there, then you got to start cheating, yeah. Do I, need, do I need to tweet at Larry the Laker? Quit complaining about the Dodgers spending money. You won two World Series and got cheated out of them by the Red Sox and the Astros? You can argue that they did, sure. Did you see that? Uh, I saw a thing yesterday. It was really funny. On El Tuve, first curveball he sees this year that he's not expecting, and it's like the Little League World Series, and the kid ducks and then starts backing up to the point where he backs up about 10 feet, loses his balance, and falls on his butt. <laughs> he hadn't seen a curveball that he wasn't ready for. <laughs> it was funny. I showed it to my wife. It, it was funny about that. Uh, yeah, I mean, they... they they breached the integrity of the game, and then you had stuff like, well, what about Pete Rose? I mean, what do you have, 4,000-something uh, 4, or other hits? And how many of them did he cheat on? Uh, maybe he got tipped, but if he got tipped, it was uh, the old-fashioned way. So it's, it's sort of funny, you know? Things escalated because cheating is okay. I can remember... When I moved out to Phoenix, you know, I was up, I grew up in the New York area, and so you had the Yankees and the Mets on on t- television every night. You know, they just traded off because in those days you didn't broadcast home games. Well, one of them was always away, right? So I could pretty much watch baseball anytime I want. I move out to Arizona, and all you got is like the game of the week. And I can remember I, I would watch the game of the week every week because that's all I had. And uh, they had Gaylord Perry on, and he's going on his uniform and the belt area. He called it a, st- a storage area, and I remember Garagiola. He's blatantly cheating. Right? Sandpaper, the uh, the Vaseline behind the ear. Yeah. Tar baby on the yeah. wrist. On and on. And so now the Astros up the level of cheating and all hell's broken loose, right? I mean, yeah, you guys, get you got guys fired. Have been fired right? yeah. They've lost their jobs, yeah. which is a huge penalty. That's For a sure. huge penalty. I mean, it would have been huge enough uh, just with the suspensions and the loss of the draft picks, but then the owner comes in and says, nah, man, this is embarrassing. You're out of here. So that's big time. Uh, big time. I don't think we've ever seen anything like this, and now it is expected to befall the Red Sox too, right? And Can't see how the Red Sox get away with it. Well, the Cora was involved. He was the bench guy in Houston. Well, it's like, it's like yeah. steroids, right? The who did it? Well, you just follow where Canseco went. You know, it was happening in Oakland. He went to Texas. He went to Toronto, and you just follow. You have and all like, this cheating goes. going on. Yeah, where Cora goes, you follow. And now they they decide we're going to come down extremely hard on this. I find the whole thing fascinating. And you say there's cheating going on in soccer. 
what's acceptable of cheating? And, and somehow if you steal signs uh, just through your own brain, that's okay, but that's not cheating? And Yuck, how many times have you heard about um, a referee scandal? You know, in Italy or wherever. Oh, uh, there was one in Multiple. Malaysia just recently. Malaysia? Yeah. They're all over. Match fixing. Yeah. One of the top World Cup oh. referees just got banned for life. I knew that sport was bogus. That's why I'm sorry. Me and Jake Scott. You win. God forgive us, but we've never gotten on board like you have. Well, that wasn't what I was talking about, and you know it. But congratulations <laughs> yeah, but on cheating. twisting it. But I'm not going to get bored because they're on cheating. No, the bigger it. point is cheating. Yeah. Finally, I won something. I got a congratulations after all these years. Yeah, but it was sarcasm dripping in good. So it didn't count. <laughs> uh, Go okay, ahead, so make the point. Cheating. We got cheating in baseball. What about football and basketball? How much cheating in the NBA? I mean, we got Spygate. I thought Deflate Gate was a big old, to coin a term, nothing burger. But uh, Deflate uh, Spygate, that was a real deal. Well, round that two was. this year. Round two, yeah, they were cheating. Who are you kidding? That shot. Well, I didn't think cheating? much of it until I saw the video. Grabbing guys when they're trying to go through the lane, and you know because the refs there's can't so see it because there's that so seems, yeah. That seems like gamesmanship. But it's against the rules. Yeah. It's a foul. It's so cheating. is that cheating? What's, well, what is then cheating? Holding, then holding is cheating, but it happens every game. Holding Pass what? interference Football? is cheating. Right, and they get, and they get penalized for right. it. If you get so caught. I, I don't view that the same as the Astros putting video up to steal. I understand signs. that, but cheating is cheating. So you you draw the line. You're, you're, you're a liberal Democrat, so you, you're okay with some forms of cheating. I mean, right now, you're, you are so – you should hear him in the break. He has been irate at Vince Vaughn. That's cheating. Yeah. He I shook hands with Trump. Literally not mentioned Vince Vaughn. But I could see it in your heart. <laughs> I've literally not mentioned But in Vince your Vaughn. mind, and you've been texting Honey, can you believe what Vince up. Vaughn did? Zero text between Honey and I this morning. Right, but you'll go home when you, when you have your tea later today. You'll discuss it. I know you will. I will not have tea later today. But you'll discuss it. <laughs> she might, but I won't. <laughs> You guys, can you believe what Vince Vaughn did? I believe PK's been cheating just randomly throughout this. Uh, so what is, and repeatedly. what is acceptable forms of cheating? Because apparently some levels of cheating are okay, but others aren't. And Pete Rose, banished forever. Tim Brando, Fox Sports play-by-play broadcaster, joins us next.